Welcome to My Presence Reclaimed. My name is Trinity, aka Infinite Abundance, and this is a show where we discuss many aspects of healing ourselves, mind, body, and soul, where we learn to reclaim our lives, reclaim our truth, how to speak up for ourselves boldly, and how to be ourselves, mind, body, and soul authentically and unapologetically. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, all you beautiful souls. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of My Presence Reclaimed, where I get to sit down yet again with the lovely and beautiful Lucy. If you have not already followed Lucy's YouTube channel, Pussy Powered, I highly suggest that you do. It is spelled P-S-S-Y-P-W-R-D. Lucy's YouTube channel has become an absolute safe space for me and a place that I go to for my personal healing journey. So, of course, I highly suggest her content to other people, especially other women who are claiming their pleasure, their power, their bodies. Lucy has most definitely helped me become a more empowered, fuller version of myself. So I am always blessed and honored and humbled to share this time with her and to support her as well. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of My Presence Reclaimed, and I hope this helps you get a new perspective on what pleasure and joy is for you in your life and how you can cultivate more of that for yourself. I love you so much. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Many blessings to you and yours. All right. Well, I'm so glad to have you back on another episode of My Presence Reclaim. For everyone who does not already know, we are joined by the lovely Lucy. Um, I have honestly been in such a weird hermit mode energy like stuck stagnant headspace but also so expansive and a lot of change at the same time it's been extremely awkward and uncomfortable but it's also led to so many extremely like life-changing things happening um possibly a move as well um and the leading to the end of a 10-year relationship with the father of my child whom oh, wow. I, yeah, whom I still live with. Oh, there we go. Video on. Oh, you're back. Okay, you're on. Whom I still live with. And um, this has created a lot of opportunities for me to grow in self-love. And when I started thinking about how I wanted to bring this to my content, I was so excited to have this idea of this mini self-love course. And you were one of the very first people that popped in my mind to talk with about self-love. Your content's always popping up on my page exactly when I need it. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, I was like, okay, who do I, who do I want to talk with? Who is uh, ex- immediately Lucy? I was like, okay, yes. So, I'm Yay. super excited. I channeled some questions that are a little bit shadow worky kind of vibe because you know this is how I do. Yeah, um, yeah. So if there's anything that you want to skip for any reason, you know, just feel free to just pass that one. Um, but yeah, right, let's just get right into it. So yeah. I'm really curious as a person who talks a lot about self love, talks a lot about pleasure, talks a lot about embracing yourself. How were you raised as a child? Like, was that instilled in you by your parents or did you most definitely have to cultivate that for yourself? (laughs) I think you and I both know the answer to that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that little laugh, that little titta, told me really all I needed to know. (laughs) It's like, are you you kidding me? Yeah, you know, you know, it's like, the the deeper that I've got into into this work, all all of the um, depth of it in the shadow work and in the, 
receiving of pleasure. I've, I've, I've discovered more and more that pleasure is our most natural state of being. Yeah. Like when we're babies, we just, we just want to, we want to like touch things and, and look at our like people and, and, and suck on things. And like, we just, we just want to feel good. Right. And pain happens because we're humans and, and this is the life that we, we are here in. Um, but so much of this process of self-love and of, and of feeling more pleasure in our bodies and, and experiencing more pleasure in our lives is simply being willing to release pain, which you would think is so easy, right? Like, yeah, who wants to hold on to pain? Who wants to, like, like who would do that? But pain is so familiar. Yeah. And it feels safe. And as we've gone through different trips on like our um, different plant medicines and stuff, this has been the number one thing that has been coming up. And, and it's that, it's like, what are you still holding on to that? Because it's more relatable or because there are so many people in pain that who am I to feel so much pleasure? Like all these stories, you know? And um, so anyways, and I'm kind of going down a rabbit trail, but um, I was not taught that. I was not taught that I knew deep down like that was my truth I remember being a little kid and being so connected to the universe before I knew that it was supposed to be called God you know by the environment that I was raised in and um and I knew that my pleasure wasn't sinful like deep down I knew it was nothing to be ashamed of but like just all these things you know you're a child and you want to fit in and you want to be loved and accepted and so in adulthood I've had a lot of undoing (laughs) of that and releasing a lot of the shame and it's actually within like my self-pleasure practice specifically that I've been able to release a lot of shame from my physical body that it was holding on to so um yeah it was definitely a learned a cultivated a cultivated thing well good for you that definitely takes I know so many people have a 50-50 way of feeling about the word strength when it comes to so much and resilience and perseverance but like it does it takes such a mental strength and we don't even realize how powerful we are in the way that we protect ourselves through our learned behaviors through our survival tactics through our ways of avoiding pain like that in itself is a strength because you shut yourself off from something you legitimately need in order to save yourself until it was safe to grow and like that yeah. is such a beautiful process to me i most people yes. don't like think of it think about it that way or like look at it like that but that perspective has kind of saved me a lot <laughs> yeah yeah you're always you're just the your unconscious mind your ego your however we want to identify it it's always just trying to keep you safe and so we don't want to make it the bad guy it's like it's oh cool thanks thanks for thanks for being there for me yes. and doing this thing <laughs> yeah. what i need to do to do it so that i could get through what i needed to get through and now we can we can expand we can like oh that leads me into a, an unwritten question. So this topic of shadow self that so many people are so fondly using, and I am one of those people. Um, <laughs> what have you found within your shadow self that you have learned to appreciate that you were once like, fuck you for that one? <laughs> ah, oh God. So actually, okay, the biggest one, the biggest part of myself that I've resisted um, is like not as big as like, oh, my, my repressed sexuality through all those years. It's actually my judginess. When I decided that I was leaving the Christian church or I was no longer identifying myself with that particular faith, 
I had so much judgment towards the people that did. Like, how could you be so blind? How can you be such sheep? How can you just be so brainwashed? How can you? But that's just not my truth, you know? And so, and I wasn't just that. It was also just things that are very subtle as we, as I was getting into more of like the spirituality realm and, and self-help and personal development and coaching and all these things, training was this kind of a, oh, um, my way of doing shadow work or my way of, of developing myself is better than this person's way or it's more evolved or my way of doing sex is more evolved or you know whatever so it's just a lot of this really is the expansion of consciousness to the point that you can see beyond yourself and your specific journey and see that everyone is on their own path and and for whatever reason they're at the place that they're at doing it the way that they're doing and it's not lesser than the way that I'm doing it and if we can be of any service to people in just letting them in on our journey and giving them tools that have helped us and the people that we've already helped, then great. And so it gives so much freedom because for me as like somebody who wanted to fix everything and everybody and just save everybody, there was so much fucking pressure. Like, but if my way doesn't work for this person then I failed. Yeah. And so it's just like, ah, if it's for you, it's for you. I think I that so many people in the, especially like the toxic love and light spiritual communities, there's so much pushing the one way works. And I'm, I'm loving seeing so much of the topic talk about like, you know, the new age spirituality is just evangelical Christian, just repackaged and reserved <laughs> to you. I'm like, thank you because toxic love and light TikTok almost like broke my brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no. And it's, oh yeah there's so there's so much to say about that it's like literally what when jesus came here was my thought he came here to set us free from all the bullshit and all the legalism and all of the religion and then what did humans do we just created a, a religion about him yep. <laughs> it's the most ironic thing in the world i i literally find it so funny just everybody's bullshit about you know all the things that jesus would stand for versus he wouldn't i'm like bitches you do understand he was literally flipping tables flipping tables <laughs> feeding homeless and you're sitting like oh my god yeah, this man was connected he was not like i'm better than you or you or you like i am have a tea leaf in my mouth i am equal <laughs> i am no better than you and that is love that is so i do believe that he was such a such a divine embodiment of divine love uh and but anyways it's just uh religion it it serves it serves a purpose it keeps order it's also caused a lot of pain and destruction it keeps a lot of people feeling safe and um like, like something duality. to look forward to <laughs> it's just it's like both and you know it's the thing is that that both things can be true at once and that's that's like i think one of the biggest lessons that we can take in <laughs> life yeah that's true for sure especially like as you start to dig within yourself and especially like when self-love comes into play two things can be true at once because as i've been doing this work within my subconscious thoughts trying to reaffirm myself, reprogram myself. I'm battling this past version of me versus this version I'm trying to create. And it creates like a, a void, like a legit depression, numbness. I'd rather be dead than feel this feeling. Um, yeah. And it's so confusing because I know 
it's past narratives versus what I'm trying to create. And it's literally just embracing that void space because I love myself so much. I'm willing to just roll up your sleeves, bitch, because it's gonna get wild. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just you're in the wilderness and the liminal space, and it's a beautiful place to be. Like you have like we have to um go through some degree of that from what I've seen to to like integrate all of that and and like make sense of it all enough so that we can move forward as this whatever expanded version of ourselves that we are becoming when you go through this surrender phase this void feeling yourself what is one thing that you tell yourself or reaffirm to yourself to bring yourself into not the reality you're in but the reality you want yeah. So one of the the things that I remind myself of at, at this point is that I've I've been through this many many times. So it's like you've you've done it before, you can do it again. The universe has got you. Like trust the process, trust yourself, trust the voice, and that is enough for me now. Even when it feels really dark or it feels like what the fuck, like what? what? Yeah. <laughs> which is which we went through that just moving, moving into this home. Just you know, it was a huge process of surrender, and it was, it was, it was a lot. I'm not even gonna like get into it, but um, so that, and even, even just remembering that nothing lasts forever, like nothing. This whole life is but a moment, and this is something crazy that you see like these flashes of like this. This is this is life. Like this is it when you when you do things like plant medicine journeys, which um, can really take you into some deep dark places and then see you through to the other side when you do it consciously with intention. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's remembering that all of this is, is temporary. And if you've done it before, reassuring, you know what, like, bitch, we got this, we did this before, you're gonna come through this even stronger than the last time and continue showing up. Like, just, just don't quit, just don't quit going have a tattooed on my chest just don't quit just big yeah. just don't quit <laughs> <laughs> i was telling quit. myself i was gonna get a new tattoo <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that quote that goes around it's like learn to rest and not quit like that that really you know though. when you just oh slow down and integrate and like breathe into what is happening in your life and your body is like literally recalibrating your nervous system is recalibrating so physiologically, you're used to operating. If you're used to operating more in your sympathetic nervous system, like flight, fight, freeze, and you're, you know, always on edge looking for a threat, and you're recalibrating your actual nervous system to be more open to pleasure and more open to um, creative ideas and yeah, and peace and the feeling of ease and well-being. It takes. Uh, it's a practice. It's a process. I've noticed that because like one thing I, I don't usually talk about very often but like i'm starting to so i guess today's the day <laughs> um is <laughs> i deal with like what a lot of people would consider hallucinations and what some people in the spiritual community have said are no you're just seeing into other timelines or you're seeing through the veil and all the things right and i'm a type of person who is literally open to all of it all of it's true and all of it's not and i don't care it's literally just about how i get through the moment of dealing with feeling like i'm seeing something or feeling something or hearing something whatever right um and i forgot my whole train of thought oh yeah um i noticed when i would come into stillness and i would start telling myself like i would hear in the littlest voice just like i love you i'm here for you like it's okay like we're gonna get through it like the same type of message you've done it before keep take 
keep on swimming. You know, that's what I tell myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's when the intrusive thoughts come in, the hallucinations, the voices, literally whatever it is that I'm experiencing in that moment. And from one side, I let myself go through it from a spiritual aspect, like if it's a low vibrational entity, whatever. But from the other side of it, I let myself feel into this is just a like a like I envision a brain that has been cracked open and it's literally just like you know doesn't need to be filled doesn't need to be sewed <laughs> like what's going yeah, on yeah yeah um and that has been such a way of showing myself such deep love and compassion because it's scary to feel into hallucinations. It's scary to open yourself up to spiritual communication. It's scary yeah. to open yourself up to a past version of you that's like, fuck, you know, all of it. So what is one of the ways that you have unconditionally showed yourself love in such a radically compassionate way that you definitely would not have done as a past version of yourself? Oh, um, <laughs> You know, the first thing that comes to mind is my, is my pleasure rituals. Like that's, that's a, a way that I practice self-love every single day. That is been radical, has been radically transformational for me. Um, because whatever's there, whatever's present, whatever thoughts are there, whatever, uh, whatever I'm feeling in my body, whatever energy is like, just kind of like, uh, like bubbling up or feeling like it's kind of stuck. Like all of that is welcome in that practice. And so it's, it's like, there's this, um, there's a lot of different quotes, a lot of different things about this, but one of them being the way that you touch or feel about your pussy is the way that you feel about yourself. And uh, it reflects so much of that. And so I remember when I started to notice more subtly, like, what, what, what am I feeling when I look at myself? when I touch myself, what am I, what am I feeling about myself? And at first, you know, it was like disgust. It was like weirdness with awkwardness or you're just giggliness. You're just like, what am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? This is weird. Who says this, does this. But when you really sink into it, into the experience, so many, so many things will come up and then you get to look at them and sit with them and just accept them and be present with them. And and then decide, okay, like, do I, do I like just make a decision to release something right now? Or is there something that is, there's being, there's space being made to receive? Or is there some kind of judgment about myself or something that I haven't forgiven myself for? And so each and every day is unique. And um, so, yeah, if there's one, one way that I've, they continue to show myself love pretty radically. It's, it's in that. I do give you props for that because it's not an easy practice to get into. I can tell you, um, just for anybody listening, if you've been thinking about, <laughs> uh, the de-armoring. Yeah. Since I've been watching your content, I have been doing that work with myself and it's, uh, it's, it's triggering to say the least it I, I actually now that you say that you know it's how you see yourself when you touch yourself that way i'm like oh okay yeah that definitely brought up some some memories <laughs> yeah. So, yeah 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 i definitely your body I think, remembers yeah everything. that's for sure and i 
I remember like this one time when I was um, going through my practice and I just like started crying like profusely and I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on and I literally just heard like the loudest shrieking voice in my head that was so quiet but so loud and it's just like he didn't love me and I was like whoa 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 yeah. whoa whoa girl <laughs> so yeah shout out work <laughs> wow. yes yes and see it's like it'll come up whatever's ready to come up come up um okay <laughs> processing that for a second yeah because that yeah. was for sure what I needed to hear in that moment um <laughs> in what ways were you either like shown by anyone it doesn't have to be in your childhood in particular but shown healthy love that respected your boundaries Ooh, that is a really great question especially because there's there's not like a a human that i can remember in my childhood that really modeled that for me um my mother was the closest that really like like genuinely tried um but she had her own unprocessed things and and pain and and lifelong stuff that's 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 still carrying a lot of um so yeah, I, I don't, I, but it wasn't until my husband and that was a cultivated thing um, because neither of us knew what the fuck boundaries were because it wasn't, wasn't modeled for either of us. Um, we also had a lot of pain, a lot of trauma, a lot of unprocessed stuff, um, just like hurting each other without even knowing what we were doing, just, you know, reactive. Um, so once we started to actually, when we started to get more into the kink and more of the um, all like taboo sexual stuff that we learned how, how to actually set boundaries and how to honor each other's um, desires and, and fears and have that safe space for each other. Um, so yeah, which by the way, for anyone who's curious about that kind of world, I would definitely recommend exploring that in a, in a safe space where boundaries and consent are at the top. Like it's, yeah, indispensable. I can attest to you don't want to especially experiment with someone who has disrespected your consent and boundaries before without having thorough conversations about boundaries and consent yeah. and how to respect them. <laughs> that leads to the loss of a 10 year relationship. <laughs> mm, oh man yeah lessons well, learned repeatedly oh my gosh yeah yeah it's like it things have to mm, that's kind of another trail but i'm actually working on a course for couples right now and um going through the process of repairing ruptures which oh. in a healthily in a healthy attached relationship ruptures can actually be a, a really powerful thing because you can come through even stronger with a deeper trust with a deeper trustworthiness and a deeper connection. Um, but if the rupture isn't actually prepared, that's what, like it, it, over time, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And, yeah. and then um, it's uh, just, a, just a thought in case you haven't already thought of this for your course, you can take this. Um, <laughs> I had come from a situation in my personal experience where there's one person trying to heal and one person who's not. So if yeah. that, yeah, my clients talk to me a lot about that too. So maybe. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was, that was us too. Uh, yeah. And, and it's, and I hear that from a lot of people. 
Yeah. And it's hard. It's, it's not easy. Especially when like the traumas, like you said, it's back and forth at each other and it's like picking up past scabs and creating new ones and they're overlapping and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. 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 I made a post um, I think a couple, couple days ago on Instagram. Like it wasn't very in detail or anything, but just kind of touching on what doesn't work in those situations. <laughs> I'll have to check that out because I can probably um, check off a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's hard in the moment. It's hard in the moment because we just want to retaliate and we just want to, you know, feel justified to, to hurt them. Okay. Then how have you, with your partner, learned to control your egos, to respond rather than react in the moment? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sometimes, you know, honestly, okay. One of the best things that you can do in the moment is just create a space set a boundary like okay i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna i'm not gonna talk right now which is so fucking hard to do when you have so much to say to prove yourself right and to prove them wrong yeah. so that's like okay how self-aware am i actually because it's gonna be put to the test in this moment like how evolved am i <laughs> and then the whole other like every time you get in an argument with a partner and you realize how much of it was a projection you're like oh, like, oh. That was me. <laughs> that one was me. <laughs> and there can be so much resentment too if you feel like you're the one who's always taking responsibility. Um, or, or if you feel like, you know, but I always have to be the one to be the bigger person or like shut my mouth and not hurt hurt them back. But the thing is that there has to also be, if there's been a lot of time of, of a certain pattern, um, it doesn't just change overnight. When, when I first started getting into this work and Ryan was like, mm, I'm not so sure about this. And he was in the thick of all of going through his health. He thought that my change in the way that I was talking to him and treating him was some kind of manipulation tactic to like get him to change. Um, and it took like a solid six months before he even, of me showing up consistently, not just like one time during a potential argument and then the next time, but like consistently for him to finally be like, you know what? maybe there's something to this <laughs> yeah. i could really really see that that thought coming across i hadn't thought of that before but yeah that's holding space for him there because yeah that <laughs> triggering me yeah. just and it's like, like a season right yeah because it can just be a season because we can as like the feminine embodiment in the relationship can be like well fuck them like they're supposed to hold space for me <laughs> I, you know they're the masculine like why aren't they being fucking Provide. like the, the container they're not providing the container and the safety it's like okay but if they have never been taught how to do that if they've never experienced that like there's they can't do that for you like let's just like start let's start what can you do and how can you hold that space for yourself i literally and then expand that into that yeah no go ahead i saw the image of somebody trying to put a tent up with the sticks but not the actual like tarp piece they're like yeah you you want me to provide that for you yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah right it's like it's a little incomplete there it's a little something missing s'mores yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's put on a bonfire put all this shit to the ground <laughs> oh man but yeah when you again remembering nothing is is, is permanent all of it's temporary it's if the bigger vision is there and you know that the values uh, beneath all of whatever the shit that's going on are aligned and you see a future and you can work through like the worst shit together with that. But if there isn't that, and if someone's like legitimately just does not give a shit and they're just like, you know what, um, 
I don't want to try. This is too hard. I want something that's easy. And they're not willing to put in like even a percentage of the work for that time being, because maybe that's all the capacity they have at that time. But if they're not even willing to, to, to grow in their capacity, then there's a different conversation that needs to be had. That's for you sure. Know? When you started learning about self-love and you started setting boundaries for yourself, obviously that is a jarring experience for the first couple of times when you're learning to use your voice in that way. How did that yeah. feel for you afterwards, after the nervousness, after any in the interaction, but when you were able to sit back and process, what was that experience like? Um, so I, I would say that it's not even just the first couple times, but even like the first couple of years, <laughs> you're, you're setting boundaries for the first time because your body is just so used to responding a certain yeah. way. And again, it takes time to like, like integrate that into your physiology and into your brain. And so it can feel scared, like different contexts can bring it up, those old feelings again. And then you just notice and you're like, oh, there's that old familiar feeling again. I'm not going to judge myself or feel like, oh, I'm not as evolved as I thought. Like, it's just, you're just human. Okay. Yeah, and it just brought up trap. another layer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just don't fall into the trap. Um, but uh, just what I, it just feels different in the body. When you stand by your nose, you're not your nose, but like your nose. <laughs> Don't stand by your nose, keep it on your face, okay? But like when you stand by your no and you can own it and you can, at first it's like an indignant no, like no, like fuck you no. I said yeah. no, no is a complete sentence. I do not need to say anything else. And yet we're sitting there saying that no is a complete sentence instead of like actually owning the no. So it's a part of the process. It's that reclamation when you go from being silent to finding your voice. And then there comes a point where you notice the shift where you can be more, um, gentle and compassionate in your no because most of the time that's actually what's required of us most of the time it's not someone trying to attack us and force us to do something it just feels like that in our body and so when we can see that okay like somebody's not actually trying to like force me down and, and like make me do something i just feel like oh, i feel pressured to do it you're obligated but when you teach your own body your own nervous system your own mind that this is this is okay this is it's safe to say no and again another reason that i feel like kink the kink community is so healing for this because you can in in the proper way when you say no what you hear back is thank you for taking care of yourself yeah. not like but why but like what about next time you know it's and that that in, in and of itself is a practice um that's why like the event, we were at a kink and tantra event yesterday. And um, that's one of the key practices is just actually looking for the no, like walking around and asking people for things respectfully, lovingly, right? Not like being, you know, like disrespectful about it, but asking for things and then, and then like being, like, celebrating when they say no, <laughs> because it sets a different memory into your body. It makes it less scary. You just gave me a great idea for my self-love course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the no is something we work with a lot with with the couples and something i'll also be integrating in, in the couples uh, course but it's it's like you can't fully own your yes if you don't honor your no 
Maybe I need that tattooed on. <laughs> but just yeah. get a couple. <laughs> honor my no. Honor my yes is a no. Yeah. And then the other people can trust you. you actually mean yes when you say yes and you're not just doing it to make them oh, happy. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> There's been so many times where like I have a like a group of friends where like a lot of us we deal with anxiety. So like a lot of times we're always just like, Did you mean that? Did you like actually mean that? Or like, oh, oh. like we do it back and forth. Like, okay. <laughs> You're like, bitch, are you calling me a liar? <laughs> like, are you lying to yourself, though? Are you? Are you? <laughs> right? Always. Are you lying to yourself? Um, actually yeah, it takes this. time to... You'll... I lost your visual. Uh-oh. Why does that keep happening? I like your picture. Thank you. <laughs> like the snake. I love it. <laughs> Let's see. We actually answered so many of these questions just inadvertently, and I love it. <laughs> it flows. It flows. Oh, we actually, I do believe we answered all of the questions besides, oh, besides these two, uh, or no, I can turn this into another one. Okay. How has your (laughs) self-love journey affected your relationship with food? Oh, this is interesting. Okay. So food and I have been on quite a journey. I haven't had any kind of eating disorders or, um, I felt really held captive by food. But there have definitely been seasons where I've been like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to cut out this for a season. Um, when I had the autoimmune disorder for a while there, um, I, I had the, I did the GAPS diet. I was like eliminating all kinds of foods and it just felt like this food is unsafe and this food is unsafe. This food might be getting me sick. Um, and so over time, what I've noticed is that my relationship with food is more, um, it's much more pleasurable. <laughs> it's there there isn't this scarcity of um not scarcity as in there's not enough food but scarcity mentality in like um ah, like i'm gonna have my numbers are gonna be off or something like i have too many carbs or i have too many calories or i have too much i just feel into my body does this feel good do i need more of this today do i really want this or am i just my board am i am i feeling like am i just tired is it 11 p.m and i'm just trying to stay up and so my body's like hey more food so it's like how can i honor my body and i don't deprive myself of the foods that i love so i don't you know it's just uh it feels um nourishing whatever i eat even if it's bacon and cake Oh, I love bacon and cake. <laughs> there was this I video I saw on TikTok and I was kind of unsure how I felt about it until the creator like messaged me back and did a whole video response thing. But long story short, I wish I could give them credit, but I don't remember. Um, they were talking about how no matter what they eat, they like tell themselves in their mind that it's good for them. And at first, this like really triggered me because like I used to binge severely and I know a past version of myself would have been like, oh my God, it's good for me. <laughs> like, I Permission to binge. Yeah, right. it would have been that 100%. And so I was worried about like other people who would have been also in that space. And so I brought up people with eating disorders, people with unhealthy relationships with food as it is. And it turns out this creator also like dealt with an eating disorder. And this is actually one of the techniques that they used to work with their eating disorder to overcome and to transition into a healthier relationship with food. And I started implementing this in my life and holy fucking shit was I wrong. 
Because as a person who I've never been diagnosed with anything, but just based on self-reflection, I have dealt with eating disorders at times in my life, such as binging and anorexia, binging and purging, things of that nature. It was extremely bad. And I let myself now, like cinnamon rolls keep popping up in my head because I'm thinking, oh, they're my favorite. (laughs) But I let myself eat a cinnamon roll the other day um, because at Winco they had this package. It was so good. And I heated it up and I started to feel shame when I was eating. And Um, I was like, oh, nope, here it comes again. We gotta, we gotta keep control of this. And so I sat there and I cried and I let myself continue to eat the cinnamon roll. And I was like, I love this so much and I'm enjoying so much of it. And my inner child is loving this. So I'm just gonna do it. And if my calorie counter wants to keep going in my head, then fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. So that was and you take the pleasure in it. You take like full pleasure in it instead of like, I shouldn't be eating this. Yeah. yeah. You know what's something I love to do with everything I drink and eat? It's become just a habit now. Like I used to, when I was, when I was growing up, I used to pray for my food. Be like, thank you guys for this food. Bless the food. Don't let it get us sick. Like, <laughs> don't let it fuck us up. <laughs> but now it's like, I, I set an intention. Like, this is how I want to feel in my body when I consume this. Yes. And I and I literally envision like it entering my body. I do the same thing with my wand when I do my self-pleasure ritual. I'm like, this is what I'm like accepting into my pussy. Okay, this is the energy that I'm like receiving into my body. And so all it like it really has made a really big difference in how I feel um how I feel about what I'm eating as far as like, oh I feel like a little naughty I shouldn't be eating this, you know, to just like oh, fuck yeah, I'm gonna own the pleasure in this. Yeah. And, and if I do happen to have a little bit too much, cause maybe we had a birthday, like two birthday parties that day or something. And you know, like I had cake at both things yesterday. <laughs> I almost did this. There was cake and pizza and there were snacks. And I was like, buddy, what do you need? What do you want? Do you want more of this cake? Or are you good with one piece? Okay, we're good. Because I know that if I have um, so much of something, I'll feel exhausted or I'll feel like, I'll feel like sick to my stomach. And so it's just really listening to, um, to what our bodies are, are telling us, which again, pleasure practice has been a big, a big help for that. But yeah, that's so amazing that, that 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 doing that has helped to shift the way that you feel about food. It makes sense. It's been a process. It's taken a long time. I've dealt with you know feeling a deep shame for food like my entire life. My family used to like I used to be heavier than most of my siblings, and so there was comparison. And you know they called me the garbage disposal. So you know, oh, that's yeah, brutal. poked oh. at my belly, all that sort of yeah, it's real fun. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, let's see. Oh, okay, love this one. Beauty standards. How has self-love made you look at beauty standards um, either in a way that has worked for you or beauty standards you have completely let go? Also, I'm hearing the words pretty privilege coming up. I've been seeing that a lot on my TikTok <laughs> account. And so I don't know if that has something to do with what we're supposed to talk about, but you know, I'm throwing that out there too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, beauty standards are so weird because they change throughout time. Like you think about, we were just talking about this the other day with dick sizes, right? Like back in the, back in the vet, like Greek, you know, the, the, the small Greek dicks were the, the shit, you know? And now it's like, oh, you gotta have a big cock, you know? It's cause I, cause I talk with a lot of people about, about this stuff. <laughs> That's the first thing that comes to mind when I think of beauty <laughs> But anyway, but the, so, so the men, of course, deal with it too. But as far as women, we as women, 
um, I, I don't, I don't think about it a lot anymore. It's like when you can appreciate someone's beauty, like looking at you right now and seeing your face and noticing the features of your face and your eyes and your lips and your nose and your, and, and the way that your skin is like glowing through the screen and like your shoulders and like just being able to, to witness people beyond just like, do you have any pimples? How big are your boobs? You know, we can't do that until we can do that for ourselves. Like we can't hold that for somebody else until we can do that for ourselves. Um, people will look at me and be like, oh, well, well, you have the perfect body. Like, what do you know about all this? Like what? There are so many things that I have worked through with myself after having four kids and breastfeeding four kids. My boobs are not all high and perky. You know, I've had, I've got stretch marks all over them. I've got like, they're not like, when I wear tops like this, I'm like, yeah, I get to own it. This is, this is me just like, Hey, I'm not wearing a bra and I'm cool with my boobs. You know, this has been a journey. Um, like I used to hate my nose. I used to hate my feet. I have scoliosis. I have flat feet. Um, I have a slightly deformed spot under my knee. Like there are all these things that I don't, I don't think about un until we're in this context where we're like specifically talking about it because it's so like people just want to feel good in their bodies. And the, the misleading part is that what we get from our environment is that if we look this way, then you're going to feel good in your body. But you can feel good in your body, no matter what, what size you are, what you look like, what your face is like, what color you are. And, and that's, again, another thing that is like practicing your body. Like when you feel at ease, when you feel in flow, when you feel in like, yeah, like you feel yes in your body. Somebody could walk up to you and be like, you're fucking ugly and you will not believe them. But it is, it is a, it is a journey. And there are different things too, depending on if you're in a tender spot in your life and you're feeling vulnerable and you just need more of those reassurances from people that you trust and love. And maybe you're not getting enough of those. Then we're more susceptible to those messages that tell us that we're not good enough or we're not pretty enough or whatever. I definitely, I've gone through a lot of, like you said, even because in a lot of ways I ideally fit or I ultimately uh, is what I mean to say, fit the European beauty standards, right? Like you said, you know, skin tone, eyes, features. Um, most people look at my body, especially online, and only see the top half and assume that, you know, I'm just super skinny or whatever. But, you know, mom body. I got mom body. I got pregnant at 15. So stretch marks, boobs, full of milk and then drooping, you know, all of that happened. Yeah before I was the, before I even had an opportunity to rock my cute 23 year old perky titty <laughs> tight booty self you know I, I didn't I didn't get all that but on this journey I really did learn like even if other people assume you fit a beauty standard that does not fucking mean that you feel that way and there is so much work to do within yourself especially like I said being a person who was chunky as a child um I dealt with people treating me one way because they thought I was obese and then people treating me different because they thought I was you know skinny enough and pretty enough or you know all this shit um 
it's been it's been a struggle but seeing content creators like you and seeing other content creators who are completely different than me but also take on this self-love pleasure joy embracing your happiness embracing your peace all of this vibe that they embody teaches me so much about loving and appreciating my body and the food too, my pleasure and learning to accept that there are things about me that I don't like that I sometimes hate and that I struggle with even while going through self-love a lot of people think it's all high vibes sparkles and rainbows it's like it's not there's days where even though people see me as this confident bad bitch because that's how they see me (laughs) online I'm crying in the shower rocking back and forth thinking I am an ugly beast looking thing body dysmorphia will do that to you (laughs) you know yeah yeah Yeah. and see again both things can be true at once right like you can be you can have this like vibrance to you and this confidence. And then there are still things that you don't feel confident about. It doesn't mean that like you have, oh shit, I'm not there yet. Like we're, yeah. we're never going to get there. Okay. As long as we're, we're in human bodies and what would like, if, if we were getting there, we probably would ex- like expand beyond the human experience. Okay. <laughs> like we wouldn't be in this light. That's just my thought on it. But um, I've yet to meet a human being that is, doesn't have human moments. I would love to see, sometimes I always just get like visions of content I would like to see that I want to create someday. I would love to create content where I film myself and other people in moments where not necessarily that they don't know they're being filmed, but they like not consciously focusing on being filmed and experiencing raw emotions like that just to see the process of feeling it loving yourself through it regulating and lifting yourself back you know what i'm gonna do it yeah 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 Yeah. okay well now that we talked about my future self last question i have here (laughs) What do you plan to do for your future future self or as your future self, I guess, for and as <laughs> to expand <laughs> your self-love journey even further than you have already? Mm. Well, the number one thing that comes to mind is I'm going to keep listening to that voice. Whatever it's not, I, I, I don't know where it's going to lead me, but I trust it. Um, I sense that I'm going to be doing some more music again I don't know in what capacity I mean since things are starting to open up again um I'm feeling like that kind of pull um and I feel very excited and like a lot of anticipation around I don't know exactly what this will look like but like having other women trained and ready to help more women deepen their pleasure and I might like start a custom-made like the yoni ones that um yeah that are just something different that I picture uh you know just just a lot of these things of retreats and events the more events that we're going to we're like yeah I miss doing events I don't feel like it's go time yet like I haven't felt that yet but Ryan and I will be doing some events together. Um, there are yeah, just, just a lot of like ooh, excitement about whatever the future holds. It's and, and I don't know when or like how exactly, but 
yeah it's, that's it's exciting. fun it that's feels exciting. fun it's a surprise like, yeah, surprise. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i am so happy for you for all of that and wish you the best of luck in everything that comes to your mind because man oh man every time i see you on every time i see you and you cross my mind i'm just like i just i hope you're doing yeah. so well and i'm just i'm so grateful <laughs> for all your content, everything that you do. And I do plan on purchasing access to a couple courses coming up. After yes. I had to, had to invest in some equipment, but after the money stocks up again, I have some content creators who I'm like, okay, you booking a reading with you, buying a course from yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, keep making a list. Oh yeah. Thank you so much for joining me again. It's always a pleasure. For those of you who are looking for more content from Lucy, I will leave everything linked down below in the description box. And we hope to see you on the next episode of My Presence Reclaimed. Have a good one.